the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Every people group on planet Earth, every aspect of humanity is subject to rules and standards. Welcome to Core Truth Radio, a radio ministry of Core Church Los Angeles with pastor and Bible teacher Steve Wilburn. Pastor Steve will be teaching the Word of God with truth from the Bible. For more information, go to corechurchla.org. That's corechurchla.org. Now here's Pastor Steve with today's Core Truth. We're going to be in Exodus chapter 22, and I entitled this message, A New Standard. Now, every phase of life that you and me go through, we have to adapt to a new standard. When we're in elementary school, we have what? One teacher in one classroom. But when we move up to junior high, high school, college, you know, all these things, we have multiple classrooms and multiple teachers learning each subject individually on a deeper level, at least that's what's supposed to happen. But the point is this, every aspect of life has changes and those changes have new standards to live by. Like when guys go to college, you know, they no longer have their mommies to clean up after them. Now consider this study. This is a true study. It compares a guy and a girl, their dorm rooms. Okay. And the findings are quite amazing. So guess what the number one difference between guys and girls dorm rooms are? The smell. That's right. A guy's dorm room can smell like a combination of dirty socks and a dirty dish rag. And the girl's dorm room could smell like lavender. Yes. They noted the reason for this, okay, that guys never wash their sheets. According to one study, they found that guy's sheets had 150,000 times more bacteria than the women's sheets at the same college. How can you have 150,000 times the bacteria? Okay, you got to admit, that's just gross. Okay, anyway, yes, all of us go through different standards and changes, like if you're single to being married. Now you have to consider what your spouse might want, not what you want. Like most spouses, our wives, they just want no stinky sheets. That's right. So they're going to wash the sheets. At least my wife does. Okay. Well, today we're not going to talk about the standards uh, for living, like working, driving, or how we dress, but rather we're going to focus on our standard of conduct and how we live with others and how we deal with those who do not abide by the rules. Now, some of you might be thinking, well, what rules? Some ask. Well, as you know, we are surrounded by rules. Our families have rules. I remember when I was four years old living in North Hollywood here, we had to go to bed at eight o'clock at night. Well, as you know, in the summertime, it doesn't get dark till like 8.30 or 8.45. It's like, I think I'm still bitter about having to go to bed when the sun was still outside. Uh, But there's rules everywhere we go. Like in school, teachers can give us homework. 
which is just wrong if you ask me. But anyway, when we get a driver's license, what, we have another set of standards and rules that we have to live by, you know, or they take our driving privilege away. So that means we have to stop at red lights, even though we're in a hurry. When we get a job, we have to submit to what? More rules and standards of the company. We have to show up for work on time. We have to stay until quitting time. Every different sporting, you know, games have rules inside. You know, like Super Sunday that we were playing last week, basketball. There was no rules on that court, I can tell you that. But anyway, just saying. But even going to war, there's rules in war. Uh, Our Congress has to declare war before we can go to war. There are international rules of surrender and the treatment of prisoners. There's the banning of certain types of weapons like poisonous gases. Yes, having rules and standards to live by, this is not some new or strange concept here. Every people group on planet Earth, every aspect of humanity is subject to rules and standards, which begs this question. If we know this, why do so many people completely disregard the rules of God that he has established for his own creation to live by? Why do we know that there's rules in everything? No matter where you go, there's rules. Rules standing in line. Rules doing this. Go to a restaurant. The rules are you have to put your name on the list and wait until they call you. There's rules everywhere. But God gave us his rules, his directives, his requirements, his guidelines, and his ordinances, which most people disregard. Maybe there's a reason why man so vehemently embraces evolution. That somehow there was a big bang explosion. We kind of created ourselves, you know. We turned into monkeys eventually and Cro-Magnon man and Neanderthal man and bing, walla, bang. Here we are, the wonderful humans that we've become here. But why does man so embrace that we came from monkeys? And there's not a divine creator that we will all have to stand before one day. You know, maybe humanity tries to rid himself of submitting to that higher authority. God's moral standard or his holy calling. Is that why he embraces evolution? Thinking that he can escape and no longer have to submit to the laws that God established for him. Well, it might all sound good on paper for those who embrace the ideology that we all came from monkeys and created ourselves. But unfortunately for them, it's simply not true. And regardless of what anyone thinks, every single man and woman will have to give an account of their life before God in the end. It's appointed for every man and woman to die. And after this comes judgment, including every Christian will have to give an account. But here's the difference between the true believer in Christ giving an account and those who don't walk with the Lord. And what's that? The true believer has been forgiven of his sins. Every every one of us, forgiven if we're a true believer. Yes, the fundamental flaw in those who think that they're good people all on their own is this. Two main things. Number one, God has written his law on the fleshly tablets of every man and every woman. So God has written his law. Because some people say, well, I've never read the Bible. It's like, well, it doesn't matter. You already know what is right and wrong instinctively. And number two, God has given each of us a conscience that alerts us to when we do break the law of God. 
That's why the Bible tells us in Romans 2.14, for when the Gentiles who do not have the law, because you know, the children of Israel, God's chosen people had the law and the Gentiles didn't. But he says the Gentiles instinctively know the things of the law. And not having the law, they're a law to themselves. And that they show the work of the law because it's written on their hearts and their conscience bearing witness and their thoughts alternately accusing or else defending them. And on the day, when according to my gospel, God will judge the secrets of men through Christ Jesus. So what does all this mean? Well, it simply means this. It doesn't matter if someone has read the Bible or if they've not read the Bible. It's like when someone steals something, they know they're stealing. They know that it's wrong. You don't, you don't think a, a little kid that just ripped off a pack of gum that's five years old in the aisle waiting for his mom to you know, get the groceries and the little candy little things are right there and he swipes something. He knows it's wrong. He's hiding it. And then when the mom figures out, like, hey, where'd you get those Reese's, you know, peanut butter cups? He's like, uh, 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 I found them. Uh, no, you didn't find them. You stole them. You know what's wrong. See, they know they did something. And yes, if we continue to do wrong, we all know this. We know that we can harden and callous our hearts. We can get to the point where we no longer feel guilty inside. But just because someone has done something so much and so long that they've hardened their own heart, where they don't feel the conviction of the Holy Spirit anymore in their heart to breaking the law of God. It's like it doesn't mean that the judgment hand of God isn't going to hold them totally accountable for every sin that they've ever committed. That's why we're told in Romans chapter 2 that God will judge the secrets of men and women's hearts, meaning the things that we didn't get caught for. You know, the things that nobody else knew about. The things that we tried to hide from everyone. Yes, God has seen it all. So regardless of how maybe the Supreme Court could rule on any given subject, because sometimes they rule what would be favorable to a conservative thought. It doesn't matter if the Supreme Court rules, quote, something that we favor or we don't favor. It doesn't matter. But if they say anything that invalidates God's word, it never invalidates God's word. So you can say whatever you want to say. The Supreme Court can rule whatever they want to do, but it will never invalidate the word of God. Whatever God calls sin is still sin, even if the United States calls it not guilty or not a sin anymore. It will always be sin, regardless of the opinions of our culture and pop culture. Every nation is subject to God's law. And history has proven this since the beginning of time. If a nation disobeys God's law, they will suffer. That's why through the history of all humanity, the average length for any nation to be a nation is 250 years which the United States is coming up on that. And they just fall apart because they fall apart from within morally. This is what's happening to America. People keep voting people in that are godless. Therefore, our country is turned away from God. That's what happens. Taking God's hand of blessing from us. And for those that have led uh, this country astray and those that have voted them in, you know, there will be a reckoning for that. Now, Jesus was talking about the Pharisees in this next little portion of scripture I want to read you. Now, we have to understand the Pharisees in Israel, they were the ruling members. They were politicians also. So they were religious leaders, 
but they were also politicians. And so they were the political leads of the country and everything came off of them and what they voted for. So this is what Jesus had to say to them. And we could say it to our own politicians here. He says in Luke 12, when he says, beware of the leaven or the fruit or how they act of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy. Do we see any hypocrisy in our uh, governmental system today? Do we, with politics today, is there any hypocrisy? It's filled with hypocrisy, of course. The verse two, but there is nothing covered up that will not be revealed, God says. You know, it might not be revealed right now. Oh, but it'll be revealed at a, at a certain point. And there's nothing that is hidden that will not be known because God knows all things. He says, accordingly, whatever you have said in the dark will be heard in the light. What you have whispered in the inner rooms will be proclaimed in the housetops in judgment one day. I say to you, Jesus said, my friends, do not be afraid of those who kill the body and after have no more that they can do. But I warn you whom to fear. Fear the one who, after he is killed, has authority to cast into hell. Yes, I tell you, fear him. So what's the biggest thing people fear? Well, I could die. Jesus is saying, don't fear Don't fear any death. Don't fear who can put you to death. Fear the one who after you die in this body, when you stand before God, fear him because he can send you to heaven or hell. That's the one that you fear. Now, Christians understand this. You know, we have a reverence and a fear of God because it's like, oh my goodness, you're the creator and we're the created beings. So Christians understand this, but people will have all kinds of, how could you Christians, you know, fear God? I don't, I'm never going to serve a God I have to fear. It's like, well, understand. If you don't fear God, you will fear everything else in life. But if you fear God and you live by his commandments, you'll fear nothing in life. See, that's how it works. And it's like, you'll fear nothing. You want to fear nothing? Then fear God. Yes, Jesus warned of the religious leaders of the day. Again, they were politicians. They were the ones that were supposed to uphold the word of God and the law of God. Yet, they corrupted the word of God. They manipulated it to say what they wanted it to say. Just like the liberal churches of today do. By not teaching the truth of God's word. And embracing this liberal ideology that permeates our culture. And they will say, well, Jesus said, love your neighbor. So we're just going to be inclusive. And everyone's welcome to our church. And just so you know, these doors at Core Church are open to everybody. Everyone can come. And I pray that people that don't know Jesus will come through those doors by the hordes. But what these churches in today will say is, we want everyone to come, but we will not tell you the truth of God's word. So we will allow your lifestyle or whatever it is, if it's contrary to the word of God, we're not going to bring any of that up. And they'll say, well, we're to love our neighbor. So we're just going to love everybody. Love, love, love. But Jesus never said to forsake God's law and embrace sin to do it. Never said that. Jesus said in Matthew 18, if there's someone in our fellowship who's living in a known sin, we're to confront that person. How do we confront it? Do we have them stand up, put the bright light on them and point them out? No, we go to them in secret and we, and we talk to them and we share with them like, hey, this is what the Bible says. And we know you're living in this lifestyle. And, you know, it's like, man, God would have you to repent of that sin so that you can enjoy this wonderful fellowship with him because sin, you know, severs our relationship with God. And they say, well, I don't want to hear that. 
Okay, so then the Bible says, we'll take someone else with you. Take another brother or sister with you and talk to them again about it. They don't believe it. Well, then take two or three more and, and continue to talk to this person that you could persuade them to turn from their sin and to walk with the Lord. Now, if they completely deny all of this, and if they say that they're Christians at that point, you bring it to the church. Then the church sits down with them, the elders and the deacons, the pastors, you know, sit down with the person. It's multiple time after time after time chances to to reason with this person to share the love of christ with them but if they reject it all then at that point the bible says then move them out move them out they're just like a tax collector then take them to the other city get get rid of them get them out of your fellowship well with that as kind of a backdrop here let's read it together starting in exodus chapter 22 verse 1 it says now if a man and this could be a woman too if a man or woman if they steal an ox or a sheep and you slaughter it, or you sell it, you shall pay five oxen for the ox and four sheep for the sheep. So it's like you have to repay, not just one, but you have to give multiple back. Number two, if a thief is caught while breaking in to your house and he, he's struck so that he dies, uh, there will be blood guiltiness. Uh, there will be no blood guiltiness on his account. He should have been in your house in the first place. Verse three, but if the sun has risen on him, meaning he lived, there will be blood guiltiness on his account. He shall surely make restitution. If he owes, if he owns nothing to be able to pay you back, then he shall be sold for as a thief. Okay, for the theft. And uh, verse four, if what he stole is actually found alive in his possession, whether it's an ox or a donkey or a sheep, uh, he shall pay double. Uh, if a man lets a friend or uh, a vineyard be grazed bare and lets his animal loose so that it grazes in another man's field, so he shall make restitution from the best of his own field uh, uh, that it grazes on and, uh, and the best of his own vineyard. Verse six, if a fire breaks out and spreads through the thorn bushes so that uh, the stacked grain or the standing grain or the field itself is consumed, he who started the fire shall surely make restitution. Like you gotta pay for that. Verse seven, if a man or woman gives his neighbor money Money or goods to keep for him, and it is stolen from the man's house. Uh, if the thief is caught, he shall pay double. If the thief is not caught, then the owner of the house shall appear before the judges and determine whether he laid his hands on his neighbor's property. Like, oh, maybe if it's gone now, maybe you took it. Okay. Verse 9. For every breach of trust, whether it is for an ox or a donkey or a sheep, for clothing, or for any lost thing, okay, a toaster, a blender, anything here, okay? He says, this is it. The case of both parties shall come before the judges. He whom the judges condemn shall pay double to his neighbor. If a man gives his neighbor a donkey or an ox or a sheep or an animal to keep for him and it dies or is hurt or is driven away while no one is looking, an oath before the Lord, meaning you have to come before the Lord and say, I had nothing to do with that, shall be made of the two of them. And then he, uh, the, he that has laid his hands on his neighbor's property and his owner shall accept it and he shall not make restitution. Like, hey, it's an accident. The animal took off. He's a wild donkey, whatever. He's gone. Verse 12. But if you actually have stolen from him, 
to, uh, you shall make restitution to the owner. And if it is all torn to pieces, like some wild animal got it, let him, you know, be the evidence, show the evidence, and he shall not make restitution. Hey, man, some wolf came in here and scarfed him. Not my fault. For what has been torn to pieces. Verse 14. If a man borrows anything from his neighbor and it is injured or it dies while its owner is not with it, he shall make full restitution. Hey, you borrowed my ox to plow your field. He croaked dead. You got to give me another ox. If its owner is with it, he shall not make restitution. If it is hired, it came for with its hire. Okay. So, wow, that's a lot of text. All right. So what does all this mean though? It's like, well, let's get to the nitty gritty of it. Okay. So we've been given a lot of scenarios here, but there could be a million other possibilities as you know. So what if it's not an ox we're talking about or a donkey? What if it's your Honda Accord or a tool that you loan to your neighbor? And what if it's your neighbor borrows your vacuum and brings it back broken? See, the point is God is establishing a standard here that covers every aspect of life. And it doesn't matter if it's your hose, uh, you know, something else, anything in life. These are the basic standards. This is why God has given us his word. This is why he's given us his statutes, his ordinances. God is setting a standard to judge every issue that comes up in life as we live amongst one another. So again, the ox and the donkey here are interchangeable with other items. So let's see how this standard is just as viable here today as it was 3,500 years ago. So we start with the thief. Now God already established in the eighth of the Ten Commandments, thou shall not steal. But as we know, not everyone abides by that commandment, especially here in Los Angeles, okay? There is thieves in LA. And if you don't have it locked down, bolted down, secured, and insured, oh, it's gone. It's going to grow wings and fly out of here. So what happens to the caught thief? Verse 1 and 3 says, the thief is to make restitution to you. He is to pay you back. If the thief has already sold or killed the animal or already hawked whatever he got from you, He has to repay four to five times the amount. If the property is recovered in verse four, he's to pay double. So if the guy rips off my bicycle or rips off my lawnmower, guess what? I get my lawnmower back, my bicycle back, and I get money to buy another one. So I get the bike back and the cost of another bike for, I guess, all the hassle here. Now, if the guy doesn't have enough money to give me my lawnmower and another one back, he has no property of himself to sell, then he is to be sold in the forced labor. This is what would happen. Well, then you're going to have to go to work and the proceeds are going to me until I'm paid back. Okay. Now, again, we can see why our modern day liberal ideology simply doesn't work. The whole no bail, no punishment, no prison system doesn't work because now we catch the guy, we let him right back out, and what's he do? He goes out and just steals more stuff. Just imagine in just this one area here, if we just did what the Bible tells us to do, okay? Verse 2 said, we have the right to protect ourselves in our home. So if a 
thief breaks into our home, we can defend our family and our property. So if the thief dies because he's coming to my window and he meets my baseball bat to the face, okay, it's like, sorry, you know, you shouldn't have been in my house in the first place. How about that? So there's no punishment to me. Again, why? Because he wasn't supposed to be there. Verse 5, if your animal ruins a man's field, guess what? You have to make restitution. You're responsible for the losses that your neighbor had because of your derelict animal that you didn't have put in his stall. Let's put this into modern day terminology. If your son rides his motorcycle on your neighbor's front lawn and does some burnouts on it, you're responsible to fix their neighbor's grass, okay? If your daughter is riding her bike in between the townhouses and comes down in between the townhouses, hits your neighbor's car and busts his mirror off, you're responsible to replace the mirror. And I know that firsthand because that happened. And I'm not going to incriminate which one of my three daughters did it, but they know who they are. I'm just saying. Okay. And if you refuse to pay for the mirror to be put on, you'll find yourself on Judge Judy. That's right. But take note of verse 14. If we borrow something, we are responsible to bring it back, get this, in the same condition that we borrowed it in. Now, you might be thinking, well, yeah, that's obvious. How could we don't do this? Why aren't we living by this standard here? Okay, you borrow something, you have to bring it back that way. Meaning, if it worked when you borrowed it, it's got to work when you bring it back. Thanks for joining us for Core Truth Radio. You've been listening to pastor and Bible teacher Steve Wilburn of Core Church Los Angeles. If you'd like to hear more messages by Pastor Steve, download the Core Church Los Angeles free app. Core Truth is sponsored by and is a listener-supported outreach of Core Church LA. If you've been blessed by this program, consider supporting our radio ministry by texting Core Church LA, all one word, to 77977. You can also give via our app and online at corechurchla.org. Or you can mail your support to P.O. Box 34789, Los Angeles, California, 90034. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.